Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So I'm here today with uh, Zanna van der A, uh, 20 years of uh, track record in customer experience, PhD, and want to change the world. Tiny dream, tiny dream. And to my right is my partner in crime for eight years already, Miranda. So we've worked together on several projects and she will be the interviewer of the podcast. Yeah. So uh, we want to know a little bit more about you uh, besides all this customer experience uh, stuff. So I want to start with a personal question. Not too personal. Not too personal. (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) Okay. Favorite music? Favorite music? Well, she now knows that she's opened the door to (laughs) DJ Zana in the house, right? (laughs) So one of the things that I like to do as a hobby is to make mixes. So I used to be 70s and 80s DJ. And now I just do some mixes at home. And favorite music is very flexible. So it's dance music, house music, but also 70s, 80s. So I'm really choosing one type of music. It's too challenging, I'm afraid. All right. Uh, can I just plug the website? Mixcloud.com slash DJ Zana. <laughs> Enjoy. To, back to CX. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about um, the drivers of employee uh, experience. Why is this an important topic? Well, I think in one of the previous podcasts, we also talked about that the end dream is to create more human-centric organizations. And human-centric does not only mean the customer, but also the employee. Yeah. And what I tend to see is that I think employee experience is maybe sort of 10 years behind in importance than customer experience. Um, and the two are very well connected together. So I see a lot of win-win when uh, when employees feel that we're more focused on customers. That's really connected to their sense of purpose. Yeah. Because that once was the reason why they started to work for company X. And um, I think it should be higher on the agenda. But I also see that a lot of companies are still struggling. Because I think customer experience is already pretty abstract. But employee experience is even more abstract. Yeah. I talk about meaningful work, uh, purpose. Those are pretty uh, abstract terms. And how can you make that super tangible? And how can you be in the driving seat of employee experience? So 10 years behind, we hope to maybe make the gap a little smaller and make it three years behind. <laughs> All right. Can you tell a little bit more about the key issues and the challenges? Yeah. So I think in essence, there are three things that um, I think we can improve to accelerate employee experience. The first thing what I see is when you talk about employee experience, it's often pretty transactional from an HR perspective. Think of a salary, uh, personal development, that kind of topics. Yeah. Uh, then another challenge is that uh, a lot of companies don't see the perfect mix between CX and EX. Whereas I just mentioned, right, with custom experience, you have a super easy entrance. Uh, for example, what we found in organization is when you have the driver of custom experience, almost always is the number one driver for customers, is that thing that made employees want to work for that organization. So then you have a super concrete entrance to start talking about purpose in my daily work without making it super vague and abstract. Yeah. That's the second part. And the third part is the measurement of employee engagement. I would say, don't get me started, but that's one of the parts of this podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things going wrong uh, around employee engagement and measurement. 
Why does it matter? Because if you're not measuring the right thing, you can never find the drivers, right? So we can never accelerate a great experience. So we'll definitely also talk today about okay, but how can you improve that? All right. So let's deep dive into this uh, subject. Yes. Uh, where do I start? I think question number one is just a bit about scope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we talk about employee experience, for me, um, it's the scope from the moment I've decided I'm going to apply for a job at, let's say, Randstad. Yeah. My recruitment journey, my month onboarding journey, I'm working for several years and then I'm leaving. Uh, so those are, let's say, the four basic steps when you look at the scope um, how i get to be top of mind so how i come to even think about applying at amazon or at a company that to me is employer branding so yeah. it's really comparable with customer experience and we have branding make sure that i even want to go and buy something at amazon uh, but then all my journey steps with that company that's the scope of customer experience yeah exactly so um choosing for runstart or amazon out of scope and we start with I apply. Exactly. All right. Yes. And then? And then. So the the four steps I just mentioned, uh, they are the steps for each organization. But if you look at the journey, it really depends whether you're a large organization. So as you've known maybe from the previous podcast, when we find drivers, we use statistics and surveys. So you need to have a minimum number of employees that can fill it out. And if you have, let's say, 500 employees, then, well, maybe two employees a month, new employees start. So that will take you uh, X number of years (laughs) before you get enough responses. But let's say if you're a company with maybe 2,000 employees or more, and you have, I don't know, between 20 and 50 new employees starting every month, then let's say a maximum of six months, you will have enough, um, enough service to also measure the recruitment journey. So I always say you have two, uh, two scenarios, 2000 plus, you measure separately the recruitment journey, you measure separately the onboarding journey, and then let's say my at work drivers. Yeah. For all the other organizations, smaller organizations, you just focus on, let's say my at work journey and what matters to me when I'm working for this organization. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm, the, I'm the small business, um, the at work journey. Um, does that mean that we do a journey workshop? Yes, so partially it's a mix. So the good news when you compare employee experience to customer experience. So with customer experience, um, we have been building the survey and the journey from scratch. Because for each organization, each step in the journey is different. But the good news for employee experience is that the journeys are the same. Yeah. Right. The journey with uh, Ronstadt is not different than the journey from... Let's not pluck Amazon too much. I'm not, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of Amazon. <laughs> uh, then let's say, I don't know, Vodafone. Uh, so you have the, the four steps, recruitment journey, onboarding, at work, and I'm leaving again. Um, and then the other advantage is that there has been already done a lot of scientific work to find what are the key drivers. Um, so for employee experience, you can use, let's say, 80%, maybe 90% of your survey already. Yeah. So also in my PhD, I checked all the existing possible drivers, made a very long survey. So maybe you were in shock hearing the length of the service or customer's experience. That's 30 to 40 statements. This was 80 statements. Um, so that's, let's say, the basic of your, of your survey. And this is all available, right? For download, I always share an example survey that you can use. But the 10 or 20% you base on your daily journey. Yeah. 
So if let's say I'm a call center agent, then I would add questions like um, the stress of daily KPIs. Um, am I energized with helping customers? Um, do I feel that the organization is learning from all my input, right? Because I hear a lot of feedback from customers. Are they taking that seriously? So let's say 10, 20% of the survey is customization for your specific context for the daily work of your employees, the different roles you have. Yeah. All right. So we have the journey, we have the surveys, then we have to measure how. Yes. Yes. So um, 99 out of 100 <laughs> companies, maybe 100%, um, they, they all tend to work with a tooling company, a survey tool, and they measure something around employee engagement. It's often 30 statements, at different topics like empowerment, like I know, salary, the manager. But one of the key issues is the way that they define employee engagement. There's a lot of creative accounting going on there. So when you look at it from a scientific perspective, it really makes no sense how they are measuring it because it's just not engagement. Yeah. So what I often see is that they mention we have an employee engagement index and an index is then an average of three or four questions. For example, am I satisfied with my job? The employee NPS, so would you recommend your employer? Yeah. Then the regular NPS, would you recommend your company? Okay, that's already interesting. And a question around, uh, do you intend to keep working for our organization? They average those questions and then they say, that's an employee engagement index. Now, why? Because I already mentioned, I'm not a hardcore science person, but my goal is to change the world, have an effect, right? Measurable impact. And when your engagement definition is off, then you will never find the drivers because they're not measuring engagement. Yeah. Good news, because there are already existing skills available for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> from, uh, from science, right? So you have two, let's say two ways of looking at engagement. One is called work engagement. And the other one is called effective commitment, which is actually my emotional engagement to the organization. So example questions of my emotional, uh, sorry, effective commitment are, I feel at home at company X. I feel I belong at company X. And work engagement are really much more emotional questions, like um, not exactly about something. I'm, I'm sort of, I jump out of bed every morning to go to work. And uh, I really feel fulfilled with the work I do. And it was funny because one time, so this is often a debate that I have with organizations that are already measuring something. And one time I remember I was talking to uh, an organization and they were looking at those statements from work engagement. And they were literally saying, come on. I mean, these are questions that, you know, that, that fans answer about their, you know, their, their favorite <laughs> football team. <laughs> this is not something you answer about your work. He said, but that's the key issue, right? You should be able to experience work just as much as you are enjoying your favorite soccer team. Yeah. Right? So it should be much more emotional, not super transactional. So I think that's, that's the, let's say, one of the key puzzles. Make sure you're actually measuring engagement. Work engagement and uh, effective commitment. Yeah. Again, uh, check the link. I'm now pointing down below if you're watching this video. If you're listening, you don't see my finger. <laughs> uh, but I'll make sure that the links are there so you can just have the example survey to see. So that's the 
and metric. Yeah. So you want to find the drivers of employee engagement. Then to find those drivers, there it becomes really comparable with the drivers we explained for customer experience. So you use the same smart statistics. So as long as you have a minimum of 200 employees, because what we tend to see is that the response rate for employees is super high. So it's often between 60 and 80%. And for this a little more complex analysis, you need ideally 200 or more filled out surveys. And then you can run or have somebody run the same statistics. So then you have an existing survey uh, based on previous research, meaningful work, uh, maybe the leadership, a strategy of the organization. You have your 10, 20% of your daily job. These are all possible drivers. Then you add your two levels of engagement. And then you have all the elements that you can throw in the mix to send in the survey and then figure out what the statistics is telling you. Nice. I think so. And what are the most interesting findings? Well, to me, I think one key interesting finding... Well. Two now, I think of it. Okay. So what I like is that often meaningful work, a sense of purpose is often, uh, has often has a high impact. Mm -hmm. And why do I like that? Because this is not something that people say, okay, it's super surprising. But now with this hard data, you can say, but hey, you know, creating this sense of meaningful work is five times more impactful than, for example, salary payment. Yeah. And this is not a fake example. Salary is often not a core driver. And salary becomes important when the rest, uh, when I'm no longer happy about the rest. Um, so that's one part of the puzzle. So that's what I like. Uh, because I think, in essence, when we talk about changing the world a little, I think if all employees feel more sense of purpose in the work they're doing, they are happier, customers are happier. I think yeah, that's, exactly. That's the key what we want to bring back. Yeah. The other interesting finding is that in most of those survey uh, tooling, those employee engagement tools, um, they often say that the, the, the manager, the direct manager, has a high impact. We have not been able to repro reproduce that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Are we saying stop using managers? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not saying that. But what we are saying is that the questions that are being asked around management are often also very transactional. So if you see that, okay, the manager, of course, plays a role and, hey, sense of purpose plays an important role, then please connect the two and see, okay, how can my manager play, um, play a more important role to help me focus on those things that give me purpose? Yeah, exactly. Or start, I don't know, our weekly team meeting with an experience of a customer, right? that kind of uh, topics. Yeah. So just make sure that you really find what drives you um, and I was just, while well, I was talking, thinking of another topic, but now I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was something to do with the drivers. Um, yeah. It, I always say, if it's important, then it'll get exactly. back to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll get back to you. Yes. All right. And um, you told us you had this employee experience journey with a couple of um, different organizations and you had your challenges. Uh, what are your le learnings? Well, I think the... Um, the key thing what I discovered is, uh, as I mentioned, right, it's statistics. That's already sometimes challenging. It's a long survey. It's also 99 out of 100 times that there is already an existing employee engagement tool in place. Yeah. 
So it's really, really challenging for HR to also explain to the organization, okay, well, why is this different from what we are already using? Um, so having learned from that and knowing that a lot of people like simplicity, uh, like just a clear overview. So based on that, I decided, okay, let me design what I've called the employee energy index, where actually I summarize all the findings so far and I make the, let's say the, the ideal uh, summary of the survey already. So we still keep the uh, effective commitment questions and the work engagement questions in there. But now on the, let's say on the left side, so on the possible drivers, mm -hmm. we have just seven statements. Instead of the Instead of the 80 that we used to exactly. have. Exactly. And so questions around indeed empowerment, uh, purposeful work, but also do we have the idea that we are really focused on our customers? Like questions like that, uh, development opportunities. So these, let's say 14 statements in total are the basics. But then one of the things, um, so I tend to be pretty good at creating a lot of energy in an organization. And a lot of employees are excited to start experimenting with all the insights. But then one of the things we, we found, and I read a lot about, is a thing called psychological safety. And if you haven't heard about psych psychological safety, I definitely recommend you to read the book from Amy Edmondson. She's, let's say, the, the mother of psychological <laughs> safety. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> translation in English. <laughs> um, and she also has this skill developed. And why sort of what was the click in my head? So the click in my head was, okay, with purpose, with having fun, with uh, playfulness, we create a lot of energy. So we're fueling the organization. Yeah. But if it's psychologically unsafe, then the brakes are on. Mm. And that to me is a super helpful analogy because psychological safety means that I don't really feel comfortable to share if things are not going well or that we don't discuss, hey, how can we improve together? So then we're pushing a lot of energy while they are holding back because they don't feel comfortable, they, the employees. Yeah. So that's why we said, okay, we have an additional module, which we advise everyone to take, but it's also just four statements. So based on, on her book, so existing statements. And if you add those, so then you have, I just said 14, right? 18, so we have 18, yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, you can assess with the statistics, okay, from those 18, what are the key drivers for in the end, my emotional commitment to the organization. Yeah. Then you're back in the driving seat and instead of 80 statements, you just have one calculation, an index score, which you can track. Hey, we measure this. Ah, that's another thing. Maybe that was our <laughs> The frequency of measurement. Side note. Um, so here you also see an empty experience that the, the, the hype around measuring monthly is, I don't know, has entered the field of empty experience. Yeah. So we have this monthly happiness index or something like that. Um, I would really think hard why you are measuring this. Because, you know, surveys, yes, are a means to an end, but they're not the end goal. So if your challenge is, okay, but how do I know if things are going wrong? I would say there is something wrong with your whole internal structure. Hmm. Because you can also talk to your team leaders and your managers, right? Don't forget that channel. Um and the other thing is if you want to track, okay, we just communicated, I don't know, that there's a reorganization and you want to see if that has an impact. Well, in that case, nine out of 10 times, it's really a sort of a duh outcome yeah. because you already know this. 
So what I tend to advise is once a year, that's not enough to create a rhythm, right? That's more, okay, once a year, check, we've measured the satisfaction and we can go on with what we're doing. Once a quarter, because the, the topics for employee experience are often more complex, that's to, to create a, 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 an enhanced feeling of sense of purpose and meaningfulness is not something that I can switch tomorrow. No. So on a customer side, it's fine to check once a quarter. On employee side, we say do it twice a year because once a year is not enough, but twice a year is enough to give you a rhythm, but also to give you time to actually make some improvements. Yeah. Because what we've also heard often is that employees say when, when those tooling uh, companies are measuring, let's say once a month, that they feel like yeah, well, every month I'm giving the same score. So you know what, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So I would not advise to do that. All right. Yeah. I feel this employee um, uh, index, employee experience. Oh, the employee energy index. Employee energy index. We can do a separate podcast uh, about this. But till then, is there a finger? Uh, there's a, there's a, there are two fingers even. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll also add the link. So I just made a presentation. Uh, and I will not sh- just share the slides. But on YouTube, apart from uh, watching the podcast... I'll also be adding more and more videos where I just walk you through the slides uh, with the voiceover. So you just have the whole story also for the uh, Employee Energy Index. So that link is definitely coming as well. All right. Um, having that said, yes, we heard a lot today. Yes. Can you summarize? <laughs> Ooh. I think the key summary, I think it all starts with the measurement. Mm. And sometimes people feel it's boring. Uh, I agree with that as well. But what I've learned is if you cannot uh, have hard data proving that the soft things like purpose are five five times more impactful than more transactional stuff, then your transformation will stop. Yeah. So phrase positively when you can prove, hey, you know, this is five times more relevant, then you set things in motion. So advice one, double check your own employee engagement, survey, tooling, whatever you are measuring. And then I think the key thing is once you found those drivers is make sure that you're really translated to the daily work. And so what I often see is that it becomes a, an, an HR topic and we start to think about we need to change policies and it will take, pff, I don't know how many years, probably. But if you, for example, find that uh, indeed meaningful work is the key, let's zoom into my daily journey as call center agent as an example. Okay, what can we do? What tiny experiments can we do to make you feel like every day I'm experiencing more meaningful impact? Yeah. And that can be super tangible as, hey, let's start each day five minutes with sharing, uh, I don't know, yesterday, which customer really had a positive impact on you? I'm just, you know, thinking out loud. Yeah. So that's one of the other podcasts as well that we're doing is how do you translate both for employee experience, but also customer experience? those insights that you've now found. And so you found the drivers. And then I see a lot of companies struggling. Okay, but now what? How do I translate this to super concrete things that we can start improving with a lot of fun of en- fun and energy? Uh, and that's where experimentation comes in. That's where tiny habits comes in. Uh, behavioral yeah. science. So that's also, to me, a super interesting field where I'm also experimenting still every day to see which elements work best. Nice cliffhanger for the next next <laughs> cliffhanger <podcast. laughs> for podcast three hundred and eighty five. 
and it will help you right to make r- really make a difference in this six months instead of years exactly yeah yeah tangible cool. difference right where you uh, where your amply energy index can help you measure hey indeed we see now that the the colleagues are more engaged they feel that they are more focused on the customer right so you also again make uh, i think that was also 20 years ago my search when i started with cx how can we make these super soft things like customer and employee experience hard steerable yeah. because then we're speaking the language of the organization and then we are getting something to mobilize nice yes i love it <laughs> i hope you love it as well i think we forgot something yes <laughs> i just realized we forgot something that's pretty important so what these uh, existing employee engagement tools um, tend to have is that they also say that they find the drivers so what's the difference there are two things that are important for you to know when these uh, companies are talking about drivers because they tend to use two techniques to find a driver the first is often correlation analysis Mm -hmm. and what you need to know maybe also from the previous podcast is that correlation does not necessarily mean cause and effect that's important but also correlation tends to be between let's say 0.4 and 0.8 and so maximum maybe twice the -hmm. impact but with um with regression analysis you find hey this topic is five times more important than another topic so that's one piece of the puzzle that they tend to use but the second piece to me is a little more worrying and and i realize it's a nice bridge to our to benchmark or not to benchmark podcast (laughs) that we'll be making because what they tend to do is they they tend to use part of the impact based on a benchmark for example let's say they are measuring something in the whole sector of uh, i don't know telecommunications companies and they see that across the whole sector they do a bad job at um let me say um i don't know the the customer service quality mm-hmm. So what they use uh, to see if in your organization this is a driver or not, they say, okay, across the sector, the score is low. So if your organization is a little higher, then they say, okay, this is not a priority because you're doing an excellent job compared to the benchmark. But what if this customer service element is super crucial for all the customers in the whole sector? There you go then you're missing out on a huge opportunity to be the best yeah. because it will not be a driver in your research. So two tips for reviewing your own employee engagement tool. Check the questions, but also check the technique, how they come up with finding the drivers. I think that's it, right? I think so too. All right. Ciao. <laughs>